from DynastyLeagueFootball.com and the DLF family of podcasts. It's me, it's me, it's Adole SFD roaming the streets of Superflex City, and this is the Superflex Super Show. Playoff time, and in your Dynasty Leagues, for a lot of you, maybe that means... You're actually still playing for something in honestly, maybe the most difficult week, single week in the history of fantasy football. And we'll have to get to that in just a second. But some of you are still trying to navigate waivers, still trying to maybe even make some trades. Some of those leagues actually still allow you to make trades. They should. Dynasty leagues, you should should not have trade deadlines. Let me go out. Uh, let me just make my... Uh, my my point of view perfectly clear on that. No trade deadlines in dynasty leagues. Uh, but you know, maybe you're still making some moves trying to get that championship. Talked about it last week. One of the hardest things to do, the hardest thing to do in this game is to win a championship. So, you know, maybe you're still maybe you're still after it. I hope you are. Uh, we're our focus has generally been on preparing for this coming off season and you know what i'm always happy i'm always happy to talk lineup settings with you always happy to you know discuss waiver moves and and win now trades and things like that um but i just think i mean obviously right now half of every league is already looking ahead to 2022 and that number is only going to increase every single week uh, until this season is over. So our primary focus is going to be on the offseason, on strategizing for the rookie draft and free agency and everything else that we've got coming up. Uh, but yeah, don't ever hesitate uh, to, uh, to bring me back into 2021 anytime. Uh, I also, but I, I brought on a... a I guess I'm very excited about here. Brand new uh, friend of mine um, from Twitter, Jonathan Sale. And speaking of looking ahead to 2022, Jonathan, we're going to get to do a little bit of that today. We've Fantastic. Got, yeah, we've we we've got uh we we're opening up the mailbag, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some questions that are on people's minds right now. And it looks to me like it generally is kind of off season uh, focused, but I'm curious. Okay. It, so at Jonathan, at Jonathan sale, let me make sure I got that right. That's yeah, yeah. that's me. Okay. I never know if it's like first name first, <laughs> like it, uh, people always have it, have it set up differently, but yeah, Jonathan sale. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I, I, I was uh, one of the early adopters and I just grabbed my name as it was. I didn't think of coming up with this, uh, a clever, um, <laughs> a clever nickname like you did. I think that's uh, that's pretty catchy. Super. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That it just kind of happened. But yeah, it was it was always it was like, you know, if if somebody wants to if if somebody was going to come ask me what format they should be playing like it. Just look at my handle, man. Superflex, dude. Play. <laughs> you should be playing. <laughs> everyone should be playing Superflex. This is the only way to play fantasy. That's football. right. That's it's it's the 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 wave of the future. That's now the wave of the present. I think that's definitely the way to go. Yeah, yeah. It's it's only been growing. Um, 
so how many Superflex leagues do you have right now, Jonathan? Uh, I'm only in a couple of Superflex leagues. Um, as we were talking about off air, I am um, I'm near the sort of beginning of my growth curve in the in the fantasy community. So yeah. I've got uh, some dynasty leagues. I've got some things that I commission and, you know, some things like the, uh, you know, the, the Scott Fishbowl is a super flex league. And uh, let me tell you that my uh, my my Lance and Fields uh, gambit that I was running in the uh, Scott Fishbowl has come to an unceremonious end. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've gotten I learned my lesson. Um, in uh in some of my other super flex leagues this year i'm running in with the one seed with uh with the Dak and lamar team um which was a great way to start um in in a redraft uh league um but i like to you know i like to experiment with uh, with different ways to to solve different kind of puzzles uh with this fantasy football knowledge that we have so um, you know some sniper leagues some guillotine leagues some dynasty some some redraft and definitely some super flex leagues as well. They all, uh, they're all fun in their own way and make you sort of readjust the, um, the lens through which you're, you're, um, you're filtering the knowledge that you, uh, that, you know, that we all share. Yeah. It, it really does just kind of serve to, you know, just, just solidify your overall process, right? When you have all those different, different, different settings and and you know different sizes of leagues and you know things like that all those different gimmicks and stuff like it really just kind of it makes you just kind of you have to strategize in just a slightly different way in each one of those leagues like sniper active i'm sure was just like significantly different than you know, even the Scott Fishbowl and, and even though, you know, very similar settings overall, but like that, that one major gimmick of mm. his sniper active, that's, uh, that right. that's, yeah. If anybody's not familiar with that, that's something that as far as I know, uh, Ryan McDowell has been, uh, you know, pushing forward and it's a, it's a lot of complicated rules to it, but the essentially you play head to head each week. And the winner of the head-to-head matchup steals a player off of the team that they defeat. Yeah. Uh, and the two lowest-scoring teams of the week are eliminated. All their players go into the player pool for a free agent draft for the following week. Yeah. So every week, you know, at the end of the first week, you know, you might have um, Lamar Jackson or Dak Prescott or CMC or anybody on there. In that sense, it, it bears a lot of similarities to a guillotine league. Uh, mm-hmm. the, a lot of those Paul Charchian-style uh, guillotine leagues where, you know, the the free agent uh, market or the, the, the draft each week can be, you know, eye popping. Um, but, and then you choose your matchup each week. Um, the, the lower uh, scoring teams get to get to choose who they go up against. So you want to pick a matchup that you can win, but also that you have somebody who can steal. So that's been, that was a fascinating journey um, until, uh, you know, un- until the, until the very end recently for me. Yeah. We, uh, the super show, um, I uh, have a listener league, uh, dynasty mm. league, and it's a vampire league uh, ah. with with six divisions. Um, so it's essentially six 12 team leagues. And then each one of those divisions has a vampire. And uh, now, you know, we're all we're all in the playoffs. Um, this is year three, I believe, of this vampire league. Yeah. And we had four vampires make the playoffs. Tom Kislingberry, uh, Super Show, 
trade addicts the trade addicts podcast ended up being the number one overall seed they lost two mm. games all season uh had the second highest scoring in the league um it uh, in a 72 team league second highest scoring um mm. and then uh dynasty game night which john bosch takes this thing so seriously like it's so <laughs> fun um but yeah so tom kislingberry got eliminated but there's still three vampires in this thing and uh uh super show this week i play the team that eliminated tom but like i mean it's just it's just kind of another even for for the people who aren't vampires there's still just a totally different strategy you know right it, there's a totally different thought process that goes into how do I deal with this? Well, first of all, how do I deal with this when I know that that, that matchup with the vampire is coming? But second, you know, now that we are in the playoffs or as we were approaching the playoffs, there were a lot of people who, you know, there was some strategy involved with, I already played the vampire. They kicked my ass and took my best player. Now, you know, what am I rooting for here? There are some very strong vampires and it feels like, you know, there's a decent possibility that one of them ends this league and then we can start over and I can redraft my team. And, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> that's the only way I'm going to get out from the bottom of this thing right. is to just completely start over here. So do I load up the vampire or do I load up those teams that are going into the playoffs against the vampires? And, you know, for the preservation of the league, like what's, what's my, so there's just like so, right. there's so much to juggle there and just, just working those muscles, you know, just right. those, That's those strategic right. muscles, like thinking in each league about what's the best way to go about this, just kind of overall just unlocks this, this strategic ability that, uh, that, you know, just is going to make you so much better in every single one of your leagues, kind of regardless of the settings. For sure. For sure. So how many of your teams are still alive in the playoffs right now? I've got about 50, about 50% this year. And I got, nice. I've got some buys. Um, I, you know, in my, you know how you, I mean, everybody listeners, everybody uh, to uh, this uh, podcast know the long, if you've been in a dynasty league for a long time, and you're even a little bit better than than the competition. Over time, you've got a very strong team. Um, mm -hmm. So I've my main dynasty league that I commission. I've been in for 21 years, and uh, <clears throat> so I am. Uh, I have a fantastic team and the one seed in that because um, you just you know you leverage your advantages year over year, it, it build a strong team, and then sell off some pieces, get some great draft capital for next year and cycle that over and over and over again. Uh, so those are the teams, you know, once you get um, a little bit of, of momentum uh, with those, those are, um, uh, or they, I mean, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to, to you know, not really have anything to sweat until, you know, uh, I've, I'm good this week. And then, you know, hopefully the semifinals will be uh, people starting to make me sweat a little bit but then it's also fun to fight your way out of a corner you know if you're if you have a newer dynasty league uh, team or if you've taken over an orphan um you know to to scramble the you know the jets and and see if you can um you know scrape something together but um <laughs> but right now right now i'm at uh, about 50 50 i've got uh you know i'm looking at a good 
uh, squad in my uh, my big money league. Uh, you know, keeping my fingers crossed for a payout and some some players to make a run. And um, uh, you know, excited for some postseason tournaments. I've got some some um, uh, best ball teams uh, still going. Um, you know, hey. You know, could win a million bucks still. You never know. I'm sure a lot of a lot of the listeners have a lot of uh, you know a lot of uh, teams still out there where they're hoping to to cash some big checks at the end of the year, and I'm sure somebody out there will. Yeah, for sure. I, so with uh, with orphans and really just kind of drafting like a productive struggle approach, I always just compare it to, I you know back in in uh, on Madden when you were kind of like developing a prospect. Yeah. like developing a young quarterback and so like you could you could you know on first down you take the snap and run back to the one yard line and then run out of bounds so now you have to go 99 yards but it's <laughs> like if it but it it makes your quarterback that much better if you're able to complete a 99 yard touchdown pass and so it's right. it just kind of like you're making it harder on yourself uh, because there's that much more satisfaction when you actually do it. <laughs> so it's it's kind of that same that same basic principle. <laughs> so, right. Like I guess some... that's what the uh, the plan is uh, for the Jets this year. I guess that's what they're doing at quarterback, running back to the one yard <laughs> line to make it hard on him. This year and every year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, man. <laughs> uh, Putting him on the, the David Carr track. Yeah, <laughs> that's going to be an interesting one by the way, to track this entire offseason because the only reason that I think that we're talking about Zach Wilson as a potential, like, quote-unquote, bust is because Mike White comes along and looks awesome. And I, there, there's an opportunity for the Jets to really get this right at quarterback if they're if they're willing to do it. But uh, it's it's not something that NFL teams do very often. It's you not, mean go move over to White? Uh, it, at least open that competition up hmm. between the two. Uh, that's well, you know what it reminds me of now that you mention it is when uh, Robert Griffin III was drafted, and then Kirk Cousins was drafted sometime later in the same draft. Right. Um, and you think, oh, you know, they didn't need to take both those guys, and then Cousins gets in, some takes some reps, and looks good, and then you sort of think, well, maybe Cousins is the guy. And I mean, mm -hmm. we we see how that panned out over time. Yeah, so it could be. It doesn't happen often. You're right. Yeah, that's the crazy thing is that they got the their their process up front was right. They never really let those two guys compete. It was really, uh, you know, RG three got hurt, so now we're on to Cousins. Oh, Cousins is good, so you know we'll kind of we'll just stick with him. It was right. never like let's let these two compete and see who's the better of the two, and then trade the other one. And now like they just don't have either of them. <laughs> it's just like you guys right. had that right for a minute. <laughs> and then you blew. Um, now all right, it's Heineke season. It's it was always fun to watch. He's a oh, good I love, time. but you know it's the I same love thing. In, yeah, yeah, he's so much fun to watch. I saw you know we're we're um, Vikings and and uh, Washington football team back and forth. But I remember seeing Heineke in a preseason game for the Vikings, and he was one of these guys. It's really the value of watching preseason games. We were talking about off air that I don't get to do as much as I'd like anymore. But when you watch a preseason game, you can see the players that pop. You can yep. see the players that have that little thing that excites the other players or they're, they're, they've just got that it factor. And I remember seeing him in a preseason game lead a, you know, a late fourth quarter comeback drive when, um, 
you know, nobody was in that you had ever heard of. And he just had it. And he was, I, I scooped him up and put him on the bottom of my dynasty league roster right then. And, um, unfortunately had to cut him, uh, you know, as, as the years went on, but, um, but yeah, he's one of those guys that's, you know, he's got that fire. He's fun to watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, all right. Tell me some of the strategies, like some of some of your best teams right now, some of the mm -hmm. ones, whether it's, you know, you got a first round buy, maybe you even got the number mm -hmm. one seed or, you know, you snuck into the playoffs, but you're rolling right now. Mm -hmm. Like you're on a winning streak, whatever it is, the teams that you feel the best about the teams that you feel have the best chance to go get you a championship or two this year. Uh, what were some of the strategies that went into building those? The um, I'm, I'm big into trades. I, I like, you know, obviously drafting, you know, drafting free agency trades are the, the three legs to the stool that, that you always want to focus on. You want to stay sharp on all the time. I, um, I always like to massage the trade market, keep um, communication lines open with other teams. Certainly don't, um, you know, post looking to trade to the whole league, like who wants to acquire this player or looking for a, you know, fill in the blank. I like to go to each team, uh, each manager um, separately and, you know, and look at their team and look at my team and go, you know, and obviously you're trying to spin it. You know, people say both teams should win the trade and that's a nice thought, but I like to win the trade um, when I'm making a trade. So I, I want to frame it in such a way that it's plausible, but I do want it obviously to be advantageous to me when I, when I propose a trade. So, um, I like, and you know, you get, you know, some managers are just not that into it and you're going to have to come to peace with that. Cause a lot of times I'll, uh, you know, I'm guilty of, you know, staying on somebody and saying, what about that trade I mentioned? And that, that, you know, eventually people, people just aren't going to do it. But if you, if you individualize your, your, uh, trade offers to people and say, you know, I've got this guy and it looks like, you know, we could make a deal that looks like, that looks like this. Um, uh, a lot of times I find the sort of the personal attention and then just striking up conversations with them um, as well um, about their, you know, just having a human connection with people uh, helps, you know, it helps you be a better, you know, person because we're all in here for the camaraderie as well as the fantasy, but, um, but it also helps the, the trades go down. So I like to, uh, to focus on on trades, but you know, obviously, you always need a good trade partner there. Um, I like um, uh, uh, players with upside. I'm not a big, um, I'm a high ceiling, you know, even low floor uh, type of guy. Because once you get, you know, once you get into the postseason, you have to have some explosive players. You have to have some players that are going to go out and win you weeks um, at this point in the season. Um, and so I like um, to acquire those type of players, even if they're a little bit um, riskier, you know, and sometimes you're rolling the dice with, you know, you might have one of the Denver running backs and you, you had hoped by this time that would have resolved itself, or you might have one of the green Bay running backs. Um, for for the same reason, you need some players that can that can really break the um, can break the break the slate, as they say, for you. Um, um, 
those are a couple of things I like to do. Obviously, as the season has gone on, you want to capitalize on windows. You want to know, you want to, it's, it's great if you can win in the first few weeks, because then you're, you, you know, you're able to stay sharp and, and leverage those wins and sell high on some players and acquire some players that are going to, um, you know, uh, break for you later in the year and, and pad out your season a little bit, you know, be able to take some midseason losses because you want to peak. You, you have to keep an eye toward when you're going to peak in, um, in weeks now, 15, 16, and 17. Um, so that's, you know, you, you'd like to hope, you'd like to be sitting here looking at your, at your roster. I mean, it's a little late in the season now, but looking at your roster and seeing, um, you know, ex healthy, explosive players, um, if you can, you don't need um, a ton. You, uh, you'd rather not have a ton of bench depth. You'd rather not have a ton of, you know, you want your assets on the field. The buys are done. You want explosive guys. You know, you'd rather have, you know, Tony Pollard sitting there, you know, just in case something happens with Zeke, you know, and he's he's been good in his own right as well, than, um, than some sort of middling asset that's going to get you um, you know, an acceptable number of fantasy points because ultimately you're going to run into a powerhouse that's going to mow you down. You have to be able to take down the big guys as the postseason um, rolls on. For me, it's always I'm playing for first place. Uh, I'm not trying to, um, you know, to to put up a good, you know, put up a good score. I want to, um, I want to win the thing, and that involves taking some risks. Now in dynasty leagues. You have to know what phase you're in, and and you know you know this, and I'm sure the you know listeners know this as well. You're not going to win the championship, you know, every year. You have your windows of of a couple of seasons where your players are are ready to win you that championship. If you're in a rebuild mode, um, be in a rebuild mode. You have to structure your whole, um, if you can, structure your whole lineup around that, uh, structure your whole team around that all the way down trade for future draft capital you know you want younger players you don't want to waste the you know the prime you know jonathan taylor's prime years if the rest of your team is not ready to win a championship um so you know uh, you have to know you know in, in in redraft obviously you're always playing to win but in 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 dynasty um when i first um you know, if you join a dynasty league, um, you know, a startup, are you playing to win right now? Or I like a, you know, a kind of a three-year plan. Do I want to win in the third year? Um, and you can go either way because veterans, if you're doing a dynasty startup, you can get some great veterans for cheap and really compete right off the bat. But then you'll have work to do, you know, pretty soon to keep that, to keep that fresh. Uh, so it obviously it just depends on what, what format you're talking about. Um, but that's, um, you know, those are some, some, some general thoughts on, on how I like to look at, at my teams. Yeah. I like that. I, I like the, uh, I like the transition from, you know, it, and it's so weird because it, it feels like we really kind of want to start with value on our roster as much as we can going into the season. And then you just kind of start to move that away towards, like you, you, you know, you're kind of getting it top heavy. You want everything in your lineup. Um, but I don't know that you're necessarily sacrificing value. You know, I think that you're, mm -hmm. I think you're, again, I think you're really just kind of moving it into your lineup, but it, that's, that's a big part of what you're talking about there. Um, 
it, it yeah you want to accumulate value at all times you always want your your assets to be increasing in value if you're if you're in uh you know if we're, if we're talking about dynasty leagues your your you know net your 2022 first round pick you're you've got two of them you've got three of those picks you know that's a lot of value it may not be on the field for you right now um but um you know but definitely always be increasing the overall value of of either your you know your starters your bench or your future uh draft capital but have a plan mm-hmm. in mind as, as far as what the target is you're trying to hit uh timeline wise yeah yeah definitely as far as you know just kind of like picking a lane which i mean i do think that that's the most important thing you know i i I do feel that that's that's a, a very important uh, piece of what you what you were kind of talking about as far as knowing like and in doing a very realistic audit and saying like is this a team that's actually capable of going and winning a championship and the teams the you know the 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 dynasty managers who the first one to look at their roster and say all right this is not a championship roster. I'm going to start rebuilding this and, you know, start working towards next season. That's going to be the, that like, that's going to be the most effective rebuild. They're mm-hmm. going to be in the best position. And the longer it takes you to kind of get to that realization, the harder it's going to be to actually do it. So, you know, that part's pretty important. This season though, has been so strange in so many different ways. And it feels like, I mean, you know, you think about the teams who went into this season. This, by the way, this is why I always talk about not projecting play uh, rookie picks, not projecting rookie picks too far out. Too many people were saying, you know, I, I would see trade polls all the time going into the 2021 season where it says, you know, this is going to be a late 2022 first round pick. And I'm like, how the hell do you know that? The season hasn't even started. We haven't even played games. Oh, well, they've got, and here's the the thing right here. Oh, well, they have, you know, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley. It's like, tell me how that team's doing now. Like, come come back to me and tell me how late is that draft pick now? (laughs) Because that team... Like where, where they just, they look just absolutely loaded going into the season with, you know, guys like that, DeAndre Hopkins, maybe like some of the the AJ Brown, you know, you had all those guys and you felt so good about it and you, you've, you've been getting your ass kicked all season, haven't you? So yeah, tell me now how late those first round picks are, but like you, 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 you can't really, it's, been really hard to project that anyways. And it feels like it's been harder this season than usual. And now we've got this, now we've got this COVID outbreak in the NFL on top of just a rash of injuries all around the league. We've got a a lot of people, a lot of players here in week 15, um, which is the first round of the playoffs for a lot of dynasty leagues. And all of a sudden, You've got some players. You're going to have some some. If you've got a first round buy, this is the year to get it. (laughs) Like this is the year where you're like, man, I'm so glad I don't have to deal with this week. This is 
always so valuable to grab that buy, but now more than ever, you're absolutely yeah. right. Because it's a, it's a, as much as it's a game of skill, it's a game of chance. And the, the fewer chances you have to take out there on the field against another squad, uh, the better. But boy, oh boy, this, I'm, I feel like I've never seen a week like this week. Every time, you know, you, you check Twitter or whatever app you, you get your, your injury updates from, it's, you just, I mean, I don't know what's been happening since we've been talking, but I know Jalen Waddle went on the, uh, the COVID list right before we signed on. Um, I mean, goodness knows who it is next. By Tyler time, Lockett. This, this, yeah. Right, Tyler Lockett. That's right. That was earlier is, today. Yeah. Everything is in flux. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's insane. And I, I, you know, I, I wish because, you know, my, my whole existence as a fantasy analyst is purely strategic. I've talked about this a lot on the show that, you know, analytics don't do a whole lot for me. Um, in fact, I feel like people misuse them and uh, like kind of at their best, they can be a, a little bit of a crutch and at their worst, they can be very misleading. Um, it, it, you know, especially when people do misuse them. Um, for me, it's more strategic and I'm always kind of looking for strategies for whatever situation it is. Like, what's the angle here? What do, what can I do about it? What's the workaround? And I just, I mean, some of uh, the only ones that I've really found and, and, um, you know, I wish I could shout out the people on Twitter who said, I know Dan Harris was one of them, but just kind of pointed out like this week, kind of the only thing you can really do is you want some of the players who are going to play the Thursday night game. And unfortunately this isn't going to come out until uh, Friday. So it's kind of too late, but you know, there are games on Saturday, get Saturday players into your lineup, get the early Sunday players into your lineup, leave as little chance as possible for, you know, to, to get stuck with a player who's going to randomly go on COVID you know, later in the, in the weekend. So, right. Secure your, <laughs> secure your points, get them in the lineup. You know, your, your opponent may end up with some zeros. You're right about that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that feels like all you can really do here. Um, I mean, like there's, there's some stuff that we could say kind of in hindsight, you know, some kind of some retrospect stuff about, about, you know, well, for one managing thing do, fab, but right. Uh, I like I, yeah, in hindsight, but, but like, for instance, in my, you know, if you have uh, an important, um, like I have, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson in some leagues, you know, you want to make sure you have Tyler Huntley just in case something happens. If, you've, if you're in a dynasty league, you've got plenty of spots, make sure you've got him stashed. I, um, you know, you might want to get some other, um, like you're saying, how can I take this information and use it to my advantage? Um, if tool. this is yeah. going to be a season in which a lot of backups play, use more of a percentage of your roster slots for backups. Um, I, I'm carrying, um, you know, some some like Cooper Rush. Um, I've got in a dynasty league that I don't have Dak Prescott in because in a pinch. If I'm, if I don't have, like, I've, I've got Brady in that league and man, I don't even know who Brady's backup is, but I think I'd rather have Cooper Rush and all those weapons around him. If I, if I happen to just be down to 
in in these COVID cases, you know, you're going to be looking at starting Case Keenum or, you know, like Case Keenum w- would have been a good stash in, in retrospect. But if if there's going to be a situation where COVID or, or injuries are going to be wreaking havoc on lineups, just keep one eye out on getting out ahead of it, who would be some high value people you wouldn't mind having, um, like you said, in retrospect, Gardner Minshew, people like that. Um, just you wouldn't normally allocate that many bench spots to it, but you might want to grab one or two, you know, uh, whether they're running backs or, or quarterbacks uh, that you might want to handcuff there. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, I think that's a good approach. I mean, like you said, that's just kind of a, a good thing to be doing right now. You know, at this point in the season, anyways, start handcuffing rather than. Oh, did I lose you? Oh, no, no, I'm still here. You? <clears throat> Still got you? John? Yeah. Can you hear me? Uh oh, did I lose How about now? Yeah, man. I'm sorry about that. Uh, the miracles of modern technology. We're in the middle of a <laughs> podcast. Somebody calls and the whole the whole roof falls in on the thing. I apologize. Yeah. No, nah, you're good, man. Yeah, it's all good. Um, while we've got a little break here, though, uh, I said in the private chat, but I know that we're getting pretty close to when you were trying to get out. Um I'd like to answer all of these questions, but just, uh, just, um, you know, stop me or whatever. If, if you do need to get out and I will I'll, do uh, rock and roll you, but because we had to do a reset and I hate to do it. Can you just copy and paste those right over to me one more time? And then we'll, we'll, uh, sure. we'll rock and roll. Them. Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, one. And well, as you do that, one of the questions that I had for you, you, Funny enough, you answered um, intuitively right off the top. I was going to ask what your opinion was on trade deadlines, transaction deadlines in Dynasty Leagues because um, I, I have some where there are trade deadlines. And, uh, you know, I'm not like you. I'm not in favor of it. I think you should be able to trade as long as you're paid up. You should be able to trade anytime and, um, you know, make free agent acquisitions. It's not like a, a um, you know, redraft league where where those deadlines make sense. You're, you're in favor of of just a rolling, you know, trades anytime. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part, unless like in the, in the vampire league, I have a trade deadline for teams in the playoffs, but that's just because, you know, it's, it's, there are ways to kind of collude against the vampire. That's almost like part of the, part of the protocol. (laughs) Right. uh, Right. So people could make some, you know, some pretty bad trades 
just to kind of uh, help uh, the playoff teams beat the vampire just to keep the league going. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, you know, it's, it's not really in the best interest of the league. Right. Overall. Yeah. So, but like if, you know, when you don't have a, that type of component to me, there's really just kind of no reason not to, right. Uh, not to allow trading and, and yeah, maybe I'll actually find a way to, to, uh, sneak this into the show, but you know, um, as far as, as far as, uh, like the, the thing that people worry about is, is that boogeyman called collusion that just, I mean, it just doesn't happen is like nearly as often as people think, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, I've, I've compared it to quicksand before, (laughs) like, (laughs) like John Mulaney always talked about quicksand, uh, in his, uh, his comedy routines talks about how, like, you know, when you're a kid, like you think that quicksand is going to be a much bigger problem than it actually (laughs) is in real life. You don't actually see any like ever, you know? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> never do you ne- never see those or dinosaurs or uh or, you know any of the big things that you uh that you learn all, awful lot about as a as a little, as a little kid um, yeah, you don't have well, safes falling out of the sky yeah well hey you sent me over a couple of these uh questions you, you want to jump into some of these listener questions yeah yeah let's do it awesome so uh so here's one uh, that you got from a from a dm it says how do you replace an older quarterback like big ben or matt ryan if you're full out QBX also um, it's been said, this is a weak offensive dynasty draft. How would you rate it? Uh, I guess in overall terms, but also this, uh, this listener is asking in terms of IDP. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to start with the thing that I, that I know particularly well, which is quarterbacks, quarterback extreme, how to get there. It, what I will say, and by the way, yeah, this was a DM, so this is that's the only reason we're not identifying who asked the question. I've I've said it before, but just so everybody is aware, like if if you have a question, uh, and if you put a question in DMs, I'm not going to identify you because I'm just going to assume that you're trying to hide from your league and you're trying to <laughs> do things that they uh, that you don't want them to know about, um, so they can't they can't get out in front of it. But, uh, if you, if you mention me on Twitter, if it's in, if it's an at, then, uh, I, you know, it's public. I assume you don't have any problem with it being public and then I'll, I'll, uh, get your handle out there. But, uh, anyways, yeah. So one of the benefits of quarterback extreme is the fact that you could have taken guys like Ben Roethlisberger who, you know, it's it sure sounds like he's about to retire as soon as the season's over and uh you know so you're gonna go from five quarterbacks to four most likely you know kind of one of the the benefits of quarterback extreme is you know you just dropped from five to four you're still fine like with four you're fine like you're not it's not quarterback extreme exactly but generally speaking you're gonna be fine with four quarterbacks Whereas, uh, you know, the people who only drafted two or three, if one of them was Ben Roethlisberger and another one was, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo or Sam Darnold, 
I mean, there's a good chance that they're going into next season with one quarterback, you know, one starting quarterback, which is, mm-hmm. we don't call them a quarterback on this show unless they're actually starting for an NFL team. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, for one thing, that's just kind of one of the benefits of quarterback extreme is the fact that you can sustain that loss. I think Matt Ryan is probably still going to have a job. So you've got a little bit of time to, uh, you know, to work with that one, but just kind of generally speaking, what we're talking about is like, how do you replace that quarterback? And the nice thing is that you don't have to do it right away. Uh, you can kind of start to, from there, there's a lot of different ways that you can go. Obviously there's, you know, we talked to Kane Fossil last week. Uh, he had, he was talking about the fact that this is really a kind of deep quarterback class coming in, in 2022, not particularly good, but deep. And, you know, so there are going to be some possibilities for you kind of later in the first round, maybe even early in the second round of the rookie draft. Uh, you could go that that route. You could, you could go early. You could shoot for a Matt Corral if you wanted, um, you know, early in the rookie draft. Uh, but you don't have to. You've got some time. You've got a runway here uh, to replace that quarterback because you're going to be fine with just four of them. And so you can you can find a cheaper route to do it. Uh, you can try and I, I think that there's an opportunity to get some guys like Matt Ryan super cheap right now. I think he's he's going to be really cheap. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be really cheap. Um, and I think that Jimmy Garoppolo still has a good chance to be a starting NFL quarterback somewhere. I don't think it's, it's not going to be San Francisco, but he's going to have a shot to start somewhere. He would make a lot of sense in Carolina to me, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. there, there are a few guys like that. Uh, Gardner Minshew is a possibility. Um, he could be somewhat cheap right now and have a chance to start somewhere. Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Jared Goff. Those are guys that people are leaving for dead right now without realizing that there's a lot of, there are going to be a lot of quarterback opportunities available this offseason. Pittsburgh is a great example. Somebody has to play quarterback in Pittsburgh. <laughs> and I, it, it's probably not going to be a rookie, even if they draft a rookie. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be that rookie as the starter, at least not right away. You know, that's so that's so smart because uh, everybody focuses on the rookies uh, coming in. And it's a it's a roll of the dice as to as to how they're going to do. You know, we all had high hopes for Trevor Lawrence and Trey Lance. And, you know, those those so far have not have not looked great. Mm -hmm. But if but there there are all of these these guys like Jimmy Garoppolo that you're talking about that that people have just, you know, aren't paying as much attention to or you'd be able to grab for less uh, capital on your team and and could still provide um, useful, you know, super flex quarterback two or, or uh, you know, bi-week replacement guys that could really, you know, could really serve your team if you had a, a little, you know, group of those guys on your on your squad. I like that strategy a lot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, even if even even in the cases of guys like like Justin Fields, it took a while mm-hmm. for Justin Fields to get on the field. And even then, it's been a little tough to trust him as a starter. Mm-hmm. But even before that, I mean, Andy Dalton was a guy that you could have got ridiculously cheap. You might have even got him off of waivers in, in shallower leagues. 
you get Andy Dalton, you know, say, say you had Philip rivers last year. So you pick up Andy Dalton to replace him. And yeah, you didn't get a full season out of Andy Dalton. Part of that was because of injury. Part of that, we knew it was coming. We knew that Justin Fields was coming. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you still extended that, that runway that we're talking about. You know, you've got plenty of time to figure out that fifth quarterback when you've got four of them. You don't have a lot of time to figure out your second quarterback if you if you only right. have two. Like it's 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 now or never. But you know, if you had five of them, you've got time to replace him, and you can just kind of keep extending that runway a little bit with guys like Andy Dalton and with guys like. You know, Teddy. To me, Teddy Bridgewater could be a, a great bridge quarterback. Um, there, you know, there's there are a handful of guys like that. So for sure, you know, and and above all else, the name of the game right now is just going to be take some shots, take some shots with a lot of guys. We talked about Zach Wilson and Mike White. I mean, it feels to me like the there's an opportunity for both of those guys to end up being NFL starters in 2022. I don't know who's going to be the quarterback for the Jets, but I don't think it matters. You know, <laughs> it's it mostly it, it's going to be Zach Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, yeah. It, he's going to be the starter. But, you know, Mike White has a chance here to play himself into a starting job somewhere. So, right. There, there are going to be some opportunities available. And, you know, just, just grab some of the guys who are going to be in line. Uh, you know, to, to get those opportunities. I don't think that you have to go get absolute studs, especially if you're trying to replace Ben Roethlisberger, you know, he's probably your fourth or fifth quarterback anyways. I don't think you need a new, you know, a new shiny elite QB one necessarily. Yeah. Have some guys like you, like you're implying in different phases of their, you know, you don't, you're not going to get five, you know, Kyler Murray's or whatever, but you know, have a guy, who's coming along like Justin Fields, if you can have a guy, have a guy like Matt Ryan or Jimmy Garoppolo that you can plug in at the bottom and try to, I, w- I would imagine, try to vary your portfolio as far as the the type of quarterback and the phase of their um, career that they're in, obviously with an eye toward having at least two that you can run out there most weeks that are really going to win you some weeks, I think. Um, mm-hmm. it, and the, the second half of that question from, from the, from the listener was, uh, if you have any opinion IDP. on how you rate uh, the the IDP, um, you know, uh, aspect of the draft. One thing, yeah. I, one uh, interesting note I picked up from the podcast last week is this is the largest draft class, you know, what either in history or in in the in recent uh, years because so many guys took a COVID year. So it's going to be a very deep draft this year, talent wise. Um, and, and, uh, I found that to be interesting as far as, you know, really looking deep in your, in your dynasty drafts next year that you could really get some value as the draft goes on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I think that there's a, a good opportunity to kind of load up a little bit mm-hmm. as far as rating the class. And, and I do have to preface this and say, you know, two of my biggest weaknesses in this entire game, it's Debbie and it's IDP. Like I'd, yeah. part of the problem is IDP has so many different scoring settings right. that it's, it's, it's very dependent on that. What I, but generally speaking in IDP, kind of what you're looking for is tackles. That's kind of, that's like running backs gaining yards, mm-hmm. you know, like the interceptions, sacks, that's like touchdowns essentially. Like those yep. are great. Those are big scores, 
but those are really hard to predict and really hard to chase. Uh, the things that you can chase though are tackles and is again, like I'm not, I'm not great on this class from an offensive perspective, Mm -hmm. certainly not on defense. It sounds to me like this defensive class is going to be, you know, it's going to be big for edge rushers, Mm -hmm. um, you know, sack type guys. So, you know, again, those are kind of boom bust type of scores. Right. Those are, those are like your wide receiver. Those are like your Marquez Valdez Scantlings that are gonna, you know, touchdown or bust type of guys uh, at the yeah uh, from the defensive side. Some 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 tips that I usually use in IDP, right? You want the linebackers, uh, weak side linebackers, guys yeah. that rack up a lot of tackles. Um, I've found that Safeties. in my IDPs, right? It's been shifting towards safety now. It used to be you'd really lock in your your linebackers and weak side linebackers, but now it's really safeties where I have a lot of consistency as far as guys that are getting a lot of tackles. Mm-hmm. Um, cornerbacks are harder to predict, and and obviously um, there's kind of an inverse relationship between how good the cornerback is uh, and how good an IDP asset they are because if, if they're really good, nobody throws at them, and you can't score right. points without the ball coming your way. So the, the rookie cornerback rule, if you have a rookie cornerback that's going to get picked on, he's probably going to get a lot of opportunities to put up points. Obviously, your defensive tackles aren't going to put up as many points. So, yeah, right. Like in mm-hmm. general, try to try to go out there and snatch up a couple safeties and a couple linebackers. Um, yeah, um, in your IDP. Yeah, if you don't have devoted cornerback spots, if you have defensive back spots, I have no use all for safeties. corners. All safeties. none, none at all. None yeah, at all. right. Linebackers, I primarily want those those middle linebackers, middle, like you yeah. said. Uh-huh. Um. And then, and you know, edge rushers can definitely be home run hitters for you. But, um, and and I think that there are going to be a lot of those in this class. I I think mm-hmm. that you know Nick Bosa, well, both of the Bosa's, really guys like that, guys like Aaron Donald. You know, those guys are are very valuable mm-hmm. in in IDP leagues. It's just so hard to find those guys. But I think that there are some of those guys coming. I guess is the point. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's jump to the next one. Let's see what the next guy says. This is from Android705 on Twitter. My Superflex quarterbacks are Baker Mayfield, Carson Wentz, Heineke, Jimmy G, Darnold. Mayfield, Wentz, Heineke, Jimmy G, Darnold. Should I try to move CMC for a better – stop the sentence there. Yes. Should <laughs> I try to move CMC for a better quarterback option in 2022? Other running backs on my squad, Javante Williams, Aaron Jones, Chase uh, Edwards, that means Edmonds, uh, Chuba Hubbard, Kylan Hill, Trey Sermon. So Mm -hmm. to me, and I'm going to throw to you, yes, 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 and yes. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, that's a pretty easy one. Well, I will say, you know, I kind of mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo earlier. Jimmy G and Matt Ryan are going to be two guys that I'm going to be pushing pretty hard this off season because mm-hmm. I think they're both going to be bridge quarterbacks. So you're going to get super cheap. Um, but beyond that, I mean, I don't think we're feeling great about Baker Mayfield at this point. Carson Wentz has been very up and down. I, I'm going to feel a lot better about him in 2022, but you know, beyond that. So you've got those two guys. Right, who and are, Darnold, no thanks. Yeah yeah i don't i don't know that darnold is a starter going forward mm-hmm. i don't know that hinnicky has done enough uh to keep his job the only reason that i think that he has a chance to 
is just because it's they're they're going to have a hard time replacing him. They're going to have a hard time finding something better. Um, and then you know I, I I do like Jimmy G as kind of a one year. Uh, you know I I see him as a bridge quarterback somewhere. So you know you've got a it, it's kind of a bunch of guys who could end up being you know fairly solid starters for 2022 but there's also there's a lot of risk there like that's nothing but risk Mm -hmm. it's also a lot of risk to hang on to christian mccaffrey at this point like he's he's the biggest sell in all of fantasy football for me at Mm -hmm. the at the moment for sure he's still gonna have a first round adp we've got dlf uh super flex adp coming very soon he's still gonna have first round adp yet you know, as much as I hate the term injury prone, we're there with Christian McCaffrey. Right. He came out of literally every game with a new injury this entire season until he was finally shut down for good. He ended up in that damn tent every single game. Yeah. Like this and is, it, it, he's, he's on a path now that you don't want to be on. And I'll tell you what, uh, this, this uh, manager is in a good spot because they also have Chuba Hubbard. I'd say uh, again, as I said earlier, don't broadcast it to the whole league. Don't say, hey, CMC for sale. You're going to drive your price down if you do that. Mm-hmm. Go to individual managers with players, quarterbacks that you're interested in, that you're not buying high on, that are going to they're gonna be peaking in the future. And maybe try to let them, if you can guide the conversation to where they can mention CMC to you, see if the, if you can make it so that they think it's their idea to get CMC off of you, then you're in the driver's seat. You can bundle up CMC and Chuba Hubbard together. You can give them some assurance there that they're going to have somebody they can start every week. Um, looking at the fact that you have Aaron Jones, if you want to you know, maybe try to find the A.J. Dillon manager, see if they have anybody interesting. Hopefully Chase Edmonds will finish strong for you. Maybe you can, you can try to you know, move him. You've got Trey Sermon. Maybe uh, try to approach the... Um, you know, the manager that has the other San Francisco backfield, but, um, but, but for sure, I'd say package CMC and, um, and Chuba and really try to move up and get, get some real, you know, quarterback um, uh, value out of that while you can definitely. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm generally not a fan of upgrading at quarterback Mm -hmm. uh, because I don't feel like it makes a huge difference, but there's so much risk with this group. Mm-hmm. I would I would even say Christian McCaffrey and one of those quarterbacks yeah. and and see if it gets you even if it means you know either Mayfield or Wentz. Mm-hmm. I still like package Christian McCaffrey with any one of those quarterbacks and mm-hmm. try and get one of those elite level quarterbacks that just solidifies this entire theme that gives you that that anchor to kind of build around and I think this entire roster is going to feel so much better to you. Agreed. Agreed. All right. The next, let's see, this is at uh, Zaner 75, 2022 draft, 14 team super flex. Who is the lead option at this time for the 101 quarterback, non-quarterback, current quarterback room is Herbert, Lance, Zach Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Love, Mariota, Huntley. Also, I have the 106, 108, 201. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Herbert, Lance, Wilson, Watson, Love, Mariota, Huntley. Yeah. So 
I, I generally think that uh, 101 can really de- can be roster dependent, and that's in almost every rookie class. Mm-hmm. I felt that way last year with Trevor Lawrence. I didn't feel like you have to take Trevor Lawrence at 101, even if, you know, I, 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 just, I just didn't feel like he was a slam dunk 101. I feel like, you know, if you went QBX, you had your five quarterbacks. I don't think that Trevor Lawrence was was somebody that you had to take, mm-hmm. you know. So so I think that you can let it depend on that. Now, what I did feel was, you know, if you have one on one and you've got a quarterback extreme roster, what you really kind of need to do here is try and trade back from one on one to somebody who actually, you know, does need to take Trevor Lawrence. Um, and then, you know, move back a little bit, get Najee Harris instead, or get Kyle Pitts, mm-hmm. get Jamar Chase, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's running backs. It's generally running backs. And right now I'm kind of leaning that way with this class as well. Now we know that it's going to be weak at both positions. To me, Brees Hall is kind of the guy that, you know, if, if at all possible, that's the guy I would want to target at one one um, obviously subject to change based on a lot of different factors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think right now it's training towards Matt Corral. If you do need a quarterback with this group, I don't know. I don't, I don't really think that you necessarily do. Um, I don't think that you're quite quarterback extreme, but man, this is, this is damn close. And there's a good chance that you get there. Herbert locked in Trey Lance locked in Zach Wilson, probably locked in. Deshaun Watson, we just need him a just get him a job. Mm-hmm. If Jordan Love becomes the starter in uh, in Green Bay once Aaron Rodgers leaves, or if Marcus Mariota finds a job, I mean, all of a sudden, you know, you're you're right back up to five of them. You mm-hmm. don't need to take Matt Corral. I also yeah, think I, there's a go good ahead. chance that you get. Uh, you won't get Matt Corral at 106, but I think you're going to get a very similar quarterback there. So right now, I'm I, I'm leaning towards Brees Hall. Obviously, there's a lot that we don't know yet, but right at the moment, I think that that's going to be my answer. And as always, uh, uh, explore. I believe your trade options. If you have the 101, that's the golden ticket. People can get they can imagine whatever player they want in that spot. Um, put out some feelers, uh, yeah. you know, I would think to trade down to get some assets that you know for sure what they are. They're already in the league. You have a little more sense of, you know, of of putting together, you know, see what sort of veterans and picks you can you can get and then weigh that against who you think you might get at 101. For me, particularly because it's not the the superstar top heavy class that um, you know, that that you might want, you know, you know, there's some years where you have the 101 and that is, uh, you know, you want to stay there. This one might be one that you you wouldn't mind moving off of. Yeah, for sure. Or trade out altogether. I kind of talked about it last week. Yeah. At this point, I'm I'm so out on 2022 and so in on 2023. If you can get two first round 2023 picks, I don't care about the fact that they're random. I would take two of them for one for 2022's mm-hmm. 101. I would do it. Right. Right. Because then, because you're like we were talking about earlier, you're. Uh, you're, you know, increasing your assets, you're increasing your value. You may mm-hmm. not even, you know, utilize those two uh, 23 picks. You may end up, you know, flipping them over for another asset, but you've got more in your pocket to spend at that point. 
Yeah. Um, this guy's a follow-up question, guy or gal. Uh, follow-up question. What are some of the names for this year, next year stashes? Uh, um, Mike Boone, Ashton Doolin, Dion Jackson are some that I've already rostered. Yeah, yeah, it's always good at the end of a dynasty league to to use your last couple of uh, free agent runs to 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 pick up some people who, you know, who who uh, who you can stash for next year. Yeah, what do you yeah, think? yeah, definitely. This one's going to take a lot more research to give for a sure. more complete answer, especially uh, maybe in an episode where we've got a little bit more time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but I mean, the names that Zane mentioned there, uh, Mike Boone, Ashton Doolin and Dion Jackson are all really mm-hmm. good ones. Yep. Um, I, I don't think that Albert Okweg Boonum, I, I still don't know how to say that I, name. Like, he's on my favorite is how I've heard it. Yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he's probably not on a lot of waivers, but if he is that to me, that's a great one. I think that there's a good chance that Noah Fant ends up being a part of trade package for quarterback. So, um, you know, there, there's some kind of forgotten guys with injuries. Uh, there are going to be some guys, Terrace Marshall, uh, is, Mm -hmm. is one that comes to mind of somebody who, you know, hasn't, hasn't hit quite to the extent that, uh, um, that, that, you know, you were hoping for as a rookie, but, you know, we we know that it usually takes a year or two, both for wide receivers and tight ends. So you know, to that same end, Kylan Granson, uh, Noah Gray, are some tight ends um, that mm-hmm. I would still look at. Particularly if you're in tight end premium, obviously. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know how we're feeling about Dwayne Estridge. Or, yeah, that could um, be a good one. Or uh, or in. Um, in in Green Bay, uh, gosh, rookie, not Randall Cobb, but same position. Oh yeah, um, uh, Amari Rogers. Yeah, Amari Rogers. Yeah. Right, I guess. Yeah, that like could that. be a good one. Nico Collins is one I love. I th- oh, he, for he sure. ends up he ends up Jump rostered a lot, so that's part of why yeah. he doesn't necessarily fit the conversation. But yeah. you know, I I think that he uh, uh, he he's got a great opportunity. Um, right. And, and, you know, just in, in general, um, you know, look at, look at teams that are going to be getting new quarterbacks, you know, uh, like you were saying about, uh, grab, grab up your Denver guys, um, you know, make offers for, for Judy, um, maybe Carolina guys, uh, you know, they're going to get an upgrade, but you know, Rogers is going to go one of those places, you know, maybe Watson's going to go one of those places and, and their values are going to jump up you know, in, in, in keeping with that gigantic upgrade. Yeah. Trinity Benson Uh, is a guy in super deep leagues, by the way. And I have, I I don't have a whole lot of analysis behind it other than the fact Mm -hmm. that I have just, I've loved what I've seen from him. A wide Mm -hmm. receiver for the lions. They're probably getting an upgraded quarterback. For sure. And um, yeah, Trinity Benson is one of those guys who just ends up being a favorite target, regardless of who his quarterback is. Gotcha. Uh, next guy, Sal Pal two, says, "Where does Trevor Lawrence go in 2022 Superflex <laughs> startups?" I'm going to say a lot higher after last night's news. Yeah, yeah, that helped. So uh, the only reason I included this one, I know that Sal is trolling. Uh, he he was not a fan of the Trevor Lawrence hype um, going into the draft. He's not a fan now. Uh, I, I and and. 
I I know that he like this was just a troll question. That's all that was. Um, so you know, just first of all, shout out to our friend Sal Stefanelli from Four for Four, Mister Two QB. But uh, yeah, he's he's not a Trevor Lawrence fan. But like, I did feel like it's important for this to come up just because you know the news last night: Urban Meyer fired. Trevor Lawrence is all of a sudden yeah. He he's he's still going to go too high. Uh, I'll admit that. Uh, that's what Sal is really looking for here. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that you can feel quite a bit better about Trevor Lawrence. I was I I didn't think they were going to be willing to make that move uh, as quickly as they mm-hmm. did. Um, but I think that Trevor Lawrence's future is better for it. I think so too. And I think relatively speaking, you can get you you get him cheaper next year than than you did this year. Yeah. Don't you think? Oh yeah, and he was he was coming in as the golden boy, you know, the next coming uh, of the you know the generational quarterback, and knocked a lot of that shine off of him this year. I think he's a decent looking buy low. Um, you know, not I, I you know I'd be to differ with with yeah. Sal Powell too, but um, I think relative to to where his value has been, you know, he's a decent looking buy low. Uh, I would think uh, that they're gonna, you know, make them tr- try to make themselves look good for for that draft pick. And he still has all the qualities that he had before. He's got the legs, he's got the arm, he's got the leadership. You know, I think, you know, I, I think he's a decent buy low and, and, you know, I'd, I'd probably be the sucker he's talking about and, and, and take him a little too high myself. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's, I think he's going to have a second round ADP, which is a lot cheaper than, than was last year uh, when he was going, you know, in the middle of the first round. Right. Right. Um, so I'll take like that value. Yeah, yeah. Like it doesn't look like a discount, but there's a pretty big value difference between the first and second round of a startup. So mm-hmm. I and I think that's it's gonna be the last time for a while that you're gonna get Trevor Lawrence that cheap. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And and you know, like anybody, there's a learning curve. He's learning the league. Um, and he definitely got thrown into the deep end there. Uh that, that he's gonna improve in a lot of ways and hopefully they'll um, you know, um, uh, DJ Chark will be back. Um, you know, hopefully the new coaching um, regime will learn how to use LaVisca Chenault. He's going to get his running back back. I mean, if really, if you think about it, he's he lost a lot of pieces here. And, um, y- you know, that he's going to get back next year. Uh, he's going to have a lot more talent around him as well as a lot better coaching. So I I, uh, I double down. I'll, uh, I'll side bet Sao Paulo, um, you know, and uh, – <laughs> You know, we'll see where he goes next year. Yeah. And then let's see, the last question we have here. Oh, man, I'm going to need my glasses for that. Uh, Jason Asterita. Yeah, Asterita was the word I was going for there. I was seriously <laughs> reaching for my reading glasses. Um, Jason Asterita says, uh, what's your planning process headed into a startup for a new league? How do you build a game plan for draft day um, or slow draft uh, long haul? Yeah, Jason always uh he always puts it on a tee for me. He throws me meatballs all the time. <laughs> um it. It, just like right in my wheelhouse too. He just he he gets uh my style of analysis and always just has like the perfect questions. And the problem with that is <laughs> believe it or not, there is a downside to this, Jason. And uh it's the fact that uh, answering this question could easily 
I could easily stretch that uh, out over half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and we're we're not only are we uh, are we at time, but we're kind of past time. So I'm curious if you have an answer to this. I'm gonna, and then I'll do my best to give an yeah. abbreviated. Version. Well, it it depends on you know if you're heading into a startup. I would say have in your mind whether you're trying to win the first year or whether you're building uh, a youthful team for the yeah. future. And I'll say right off, I think the temptation uh, in dynasty startups is always to just hypervalue youth. And as we were saying earlier, uh, at this point, I can't remember if it was off air or not, but I, I don't think so, that I th people overvalue their own ability to see around corners. Uh, and we didn't know at the beginning, like you were saying, if, if you were uh, facing somebody, uh, you were going to do a trade with somebody who has CMC and Barkley going into the year, you think, oh, they're going to have a late uh, uh, dynasty pick. But now, you know, obviously that, that everything is up in the air. So you, you might be able to take advantage of people thinking that they are always building for the future, always building for youth uh, in these dynasty leagues. And you might want to be able to grab somebody with a, with a two or three year window is a long time in a league. I mean, if you think about building a strong team for two or three years, that gives you a lot of opportunities to build and pivot and trade and pick up, you know, waiver wire people, you know, um, find that you've got suddenly got Elijah Mitchell on your team as a surprise. A lot of things are going to happen that you're not going to anticipate. So don't overrate your ability to predict the future. And, you know, maybe grab guys you know are good football players right now and start winning right away. Um, if you don't want to do that, make a plan, you know, look out two or three years. And if you're allowed to you know, trade draft picks as well as players, be open to, to, you know, trading down, trading out, getting, getting rookies that are, that are going to take a little more time to, um, to develop. So, so, you know, know what you're trying to accomplish first and foremost, and then be willing, I guess, to pivot depending on how the board falls. If you're looking at the board, don't reach, you know, go for value. If you're building a dynasty team, it's a long-term investment. You need to maximize the amount of value that you have. Um, on your squad. So, um, you know, if the board is telling you something, if your gut is telling you something, you may need to pivot away from the plan and, and make a new plan depending on how the, the, the rest of the league falls. And as far as a game plan for, for draft day, uh, <laughs> don't drink on draft day, at least for me, when you're going into a draft, you know, you get, you get to, you know, you get through the first couple of rounds and people are, you know, a couple of two or three beers in or, or conversely, uh, draft with a bunch of drinkers because you'll be able to get a lot of value as the uh, as the draft goes on. I yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a good one. That uh, a very underrated point. Um, the rest of that I freaking love. Uh, I don't think okay. I could I could have said it better myself. Uh, Adam Thielen is never going to be valued properly. You know, right. like people just always are going to think that he's just. He's he's right at the edge of the cliff, and it's just you know and, well in in you know touchdown rate like they'll point mm -hmm. to that it's not sticky I get it whatever he still he finds he has found a variety of ways to score points it's been through receptions it's been through yards it's been through touchdowns 
the guy has been a nonstop producer since he took over that job. So, you know, uh, and, and the kind of the fallback is just the age and it's just, you know, like you said, the people, people worry way too much about age. Somebody's got to win a championship in 2022. Now it's got it's not going to be me in a lot of leagues because that's I'm 2022 just feels like the year to tank and get to the top <laughs> of the 2023 draft. But, you know, someone's got to do it. And if nobody's going to draft players who are just going to go win this one championship, you know, it might as well be you. So, I really like that one a lot. I think that's uh that's very important. Um, I, the only things I'm going to add and, you know, I could, I could lay out my own strategy. Um, but like I said, that feels like a half hour discussion. Minimum. <laughs> um, uh, we'll pick and, it up next time then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we've got plenty of time to talk about that too. Yeah. We got an off season full of, um, you know, those of us who are, you know, thinking about this stuff nonstop, needing stuff to talk about all off season long. How do we prepare for, uh, yeah. for, uh, for these startups? How do we startups prepare to, to make our, our dynasty teams, uh, you know, so that, so that at this week next year, we're all sitting back, uh, enjoying our bye week Yeah. Yeah. So the one thing that I will say, and this is something I've said many, many times on this show. So, you know, I know that Jason has heard it many times from me, um, but, you know, just in case there is anyone who hasn't heard this before, whatever your game plan is, whether it's win now, whether it's, you know, quarterback extreme, you know, whether it's zero RB, hero RB, you know, whatever you want to call it, um, what, you know, whatever, whatever your game plan is, when you land on whatever that is that you want to do, you want to go productive struggle whatever it is just do it don't let anybody push you off of it make your plan going in everybody always says you got to be water you got to let it come to you and i say f that i say <laughs> go all in on what you know go all in on your best ideas and don't let anybody change that don't let the way the draft is going put on the blinders don't pay attention to what anyone else is doing you know what you want this roster to look like. Make it happen. Go get I'll, that. I'll say for sure, get your guys. Don't yes. be afraid to reach a little bit to get your guys. Don't let um, wh um, whatever the pre-draft rankings um, sheet or website that you're looking at, don't let it scare you off if you're skipping five or six or seven or eight empty, you know, spots where there's players available. If you've got a guy that makes you feel good to have in your roster, make sure you go get him. If you leave the draft with the guys that you feel good about, you're going to, you're going to love the team and you're going to love to manage it. Um, and, uh, and you're making your fantasy team that you need to feel good about. So uh, in agreeing with you and what you just said, don't let anybody push you off your spot for, for following your gut and drafting the team that you want to draft. I am a little bit more open to reading the room and seeing where you can extract value depending on what the other drafters um, are giving you as they lay their cards out on the table. It might change how mm -hmm. you want to accomplish your end goal, but it shouldn't change your end goal. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if that's your game plan, go for it. You yep. know, again, like, don't let anybody push you off of that. 
for sure. Um, if you don't have a roster build in mind, then yeah, go for it. You can, you can, you can actually build quite a bit of value by doing it that way. But, but yeah, I mean, if you have a roster build in mind, or like you said, if you have specific guys in mind, don't let anybody push you off of that. Don't let things like ADP push that off, uh, push right. you off of that. Um, you know, get, get your guys, even if you have to reach for them, there's no such thing as a reach. If you're getting the roster that you are going to feel the best about. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, I I, like I said, uh, there was some, some very useful stuff there, even though it's a, an abbreviated version. Uh, but I, I want to respect your time. I know that we got to get you out of here, but Jonathan, it was fun talking with you, man. Um, yeah, was, John, you too. Absolute pleasure. It was an honor to be on. I appreciate the opportunity and, uh, and I hope we yeah. got some, some good tidbits out to the folks and, uh, you know, had a good time, had a good time hanging out. As I was saying earlier, I consider all the folks on podcast, my ear friends, and it, it was fun to be people's ear friends for a little while. Yeah, definitely. And we'll do it again for sure. So he's so, at, he's, uh, he's at Jonathan sale. You can follow him on Twitter. And uh, not really anything to plug right at the moment other than this episode of the Super Show. So, um, yeah, listen to it and yeah. then listen to it again. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I uh, I am, uh, you know, enjoying getting into the fantasy football community more and more. Uh, I'm an actor, so I, you know, I have some acting things that I'm doing as well. But as far as uh, as helping you win fantasy championships, I'm going to be right in there with you, sweating the outcomes this week and uh and hoping to talk to you more uh as the off season goes on beautiful beautiful well thanks for your time brother good talking with you let's wrap it All up right. there you too john huh. thanks so much be well you got it bye All right, let's wrap it up there for the week subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already subscribe to the dlf family a podcast mega feed uh do us a huge favor rate and review the show uh it helps me to get out to more people and just touch on more topics that are useful to you, our super friends. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at Superflex Show, but even better, just tweet at me directly at Superflex Dude. Uh, this episode was dedicated in loving memory to James the Brain Catullus. Thank you to DLF for the platform. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the music. And above all else, thank you for listening. And until next week, stay sexy and super flexy. <laughs>